For episode 3.11, we are happy to bring you the world's worst recording. Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast where a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can find. For this episode of Bibliovile, I read Passion's Ray by A.C. Arthur and Nick read Be With Me by Maya Banks. Welcome to Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast. My name is Meg Dickinson. And I'm Susan Dickinson. And we are back here again, but once again, unfortunately, missing a little something. Our theme song. It's had a long run, but then the lead singer of uh, Elixir had to go and try to open a can of beans. Yeah, and then he was the main character on Twitter for 24 hours, and we just had to change it. We just had to. Cancel culture strikes again, and by cancel culture, I mean accidental deletion of files. Yeah, Mick apparently reached the point where his computer was full and was trying to unfill it by deleting some things. And one of the things that he deleted, uh, mistakenly, was Babe of the Night by the band Elixir off of their album Rampant. So, Well, you would not believe how much room these these audacity uh I would believe it, in up. fact. But oh. now I'm going to have to memorize a new thing to say at the end of the episode. Not, not this week, because I have yet yeah, to Yeah, I was going to say, we're also going to have to find a new intro music. Yes. So if any of you out there are really creative composers... Both or listeners. have ideas. Yeah, both <laughs> listeners. Oh, you know what? We should have my uh, we should have my brother-in-law, Matt, husband of loyal listener, Michelle Johnson, uh, make us something. He could right. play us something on his new piano. His new piano. Yeah. As a treat. As a treat. We can have so a little intro music. The request is out there. Uh, Michelle, ask your, ask your husband. See if he'll make us a little something. something. This is how things happen in the biz. In the biz. Actually, do you want to know something really irritating uh, at my job? That was indeed really irritating. Thank you. Uh, we had an interview for an open position uh, at my job recently, and the candidate kept referring to higher education as the biz. Oh, yeah. There's no business like admissions business. It was just really annoying. All right. <laughs> Well, um, anyway, Mick, before we get into yeah. this, I have a Time bone for you to, to make pick with you. So, was it last episode? Two episodes ago. Two episodes ago, you read, I got you a book that you read 100 pages of called Positively Pippa. No, it was last episode, sorry. Uh, and you only read about 100 pages of it, and yeah. then you stopped because you good. said this book is good and you wanted me to read it. And you said it wasn't a bibliophile book. I was right, and I still am. I started reading it. I got about 100 pages in, and it I could have made that a very funny segment of this podcast if you had gotten me that book. It was absolutely a bibliophile no, book. No, it was right down the middle, center mass, Hallmark The movie. writing was bad. It was not bad. It was bad. You're I looking, think... You're telling me that after reading Passion's Prey... By AC author, The Shadow Shifters. Yes. That Positively Pippa is on the same tier. 
It's not as bad as Passion's Prey, but it's not good. I, I think I think that what's happening is not that I am getting worse at picking books, but that you are becoming inured to them. You are you starting. Ne- never imply that I'm becoming inured. You are starting to lose your concept of what what kinds of books are bad. And so you think that bad books are good now. So it's kind of like when people are taken hostage by a bad book and they start to identify with that bad book, you know, stock plot syndrome. (laughs) I would like to remind you that this podcast was your idea. I'd like to remind you that I didn't, I didn't hate reading Positively Pippa. Well, I'm glad I did not enjoy it and I did not finish it because it was not a good book. Well, I thought it was fine. What? I just assume you don't like. Or Maybe you like, I just have higher standards. Yeah, you like. I you. I don't know. I didn't know there's any other kind of romance book, but Hallmark movie romance book, and well, the Achilles I, and the Alien. I will. I can make recommendations of good romance books for you if you ah, want no, me to. I'm good. I'm I read a up. romance book so good this week that I felt like I had a hangover the day after I finished it. Mm. it and great. you really made you rethink our relationship. Mm, no. Oh, good. Um, but uh, this week, I don't think I missed. I think I managed to pick out a book for you Ugh. that was well and truly, we can both agree, bad oh yeah it's pretty bad okay good i'm i'm so glad i'm glad it was bad you're glad it was bad i'm glad it was bad just a tad. i hope you had a bad time you're just a tad you're a tad glad that i'm it a was tad bad. glad that it was bad um i'm mad that you're a tad <laughs> glad that it was bad it makes me sad it's just um, a passing fad this podcast but because i finally picked out a book that was actually a bad slash good book for bibliophile but bad book for mick uh i am going to go first what? this week is that allowed so mick can you remind our loyal listeners uh how you found passions prey well, the shadow shifters by ac arthur you or i found passions prey the same way you found the book you're going to give me at the end of this episode uh-huh. uh, and that was by going to the outlet mall in williamsburg iowa discount books going to a book warehouse or something like that and them having basically what amounts to a bibliophile box where it's like four for ten dollars mm-hmm. four books for ten dollars and so there's a quite a wide range of selection and i picked this one out uh from the front cover alone and not even from the front cover alone uh, but from, I suppose, basically the entire front cover, now that I think about it. Uh, because the first thing you see is a absolutely shredded man uh, with his jeans so low that you'd almost certainly be able to see balls uh, <laughs> if it was there wasn't a shadow. Like, this isn't even, like, bottom of the shaft. This is, like, you'd be able to see some scrote as well. Then we've got the title, Passion's Prey, which is just good, uh, being hunted by passion. Mm. Uh, Then the tagline, he's part animal and all man. It's like, how can I resist that? Then the fact that it's from a series known as The Shadow Shifters uh, by AC Author, who also writes Seduction's Shift. This is just like a -a ring-a-ding-ding. And then putting the cherry on the top without even flipping the book over to the plot summary deliciously edgy sexy and certainly not to be missed by uh, all-star laura lee number one new york times best-selling author midnight sins uh quadrology number, number one bibliophile best-selling author i would say i i honestly 
think that is true. That other than oh, I suppose Yasmin Gallinorin's probably our number one. But oh, Laura yeah, Lee Yasmin probably, Gallinorin's our, our uh, she's our girl, man. Laura Lee is probably our most read author because uh, we had to read all. Well, you made other people well, read all four books. You and I have each read Midnight Sins. Well, you read part of it. I read the whole thing, and then we also read the yeah the other three. So yeah. a Laura Lee book has been read five times on our podcast have we read anything else that she's written uh there was a magical christmas cat that's right there was a short story that you made me read yeah i, I remember that that's i funny. can't remember which one it was i think it was literally called the magical christmas cat it was not that was the that was the title of the book it was oh uh, that was the title of the collection yes Got that it. was the okay. that was the camouflage they put on the top so your aunt could read it at christmas and you didn't know how horny she was getting well, this book, well, recommended by Laura Lee, is called Passion's Prey. Uh, it is not well written, but it is better written than Laura Lee's books. Uh, but I will say it it is definitely in the Laura Lee oeuvre, uh, mm. in the fact that this is a this is a sex book. It's Laura like, Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a sex book. This is like that is what this was written to be. Mm, um, but a AC, theme this week. AC Arthur uh, decided that in order to sell multiple sex books, she needed to include a little bit of plot and make it a series. And so and I'm, she I'm came willing, up well, with. Susan, I'm willing to bet the plot is relatively straightforward, linking A to B, or in this case A to or P to V. <laughs> uh, making sure that our characters are introduced in a very s- simple way. They meet each other and it's about the sex, right? It is about the sex. The plot is bonkers. It makes no sense. It's completely unhinged and entirely unnecessary. All right. Sounds like Laura Lee, all right. Uh, this book, this series, um, the the Shadow Shifters, they're the Shadow Shifters because the ghost most people don't know that there are shifters, so they mm-hmm. live in the shadows. Um, but sort of the mythos oh. behind this is uh, uh, like Brazilian. Um, and so a lot of the title case words are Portuguese. supposedly Portuguese. Um, I think they're mostly made up. Portuguese. Do you want to read some of the uh, things in the glossary of terms? Well, of course, there is an assembly, the mm-hmm. three elders from each tribe that make up the governing councils of shifters in the Gungi. Gungi maybe. I assumed it was Gungi. Uh, we've, oh, it's only two pages. Yeah. Uh, we've got Pessoal, the secondary building of the elders' grounds. Santa Casa, the main building of the elders' grounds. Etica. The shifter, shadow shifter code of ethics. Don't forget about, of course, the joining, the union of mated shifters, which they can do because they've got Campanera Calor, the scent shared between mates. Yeah, so not only do we have mates, your 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 destined mate, your compañero, uh, but there's a dance. There is, and and there's like a ritual of the joining of the compañeros, but um, there's also when you meet your compañero. Uh, there's a, a scent that you can smell and other people can smell it. And so it's basically like you meet your soulmate and there's just like sex fumes mm. oozing off of you. And so that's what's happening to our main characters throughout most of the book. Uh, I rolled my eyes a lot. A lot of my notes are just like a page number and eye roll or lame or ew. 
Um, so I'll, I'll share some some favorites for you. We start out in a strip club. Um, nice. Our main character, I don't know if you remember reading the back of the book uh, nope. last week's X. episode. Caprice is oh. tall, beautiful, exotic, a goddess in the flesh. Well, the only thing is she's she's mean for no real reason, just at her own whim. <laughs> made that exact same joke in the oh, last episode shit um, she's described as exotic on the back of the book because she is both a woman of color and an exotic dancer so mm. and we can justify calling someone exotic uh her breasts are referred to as plump mounds all right um that's not the grossest description of anything that we're gonna get so far she breasts boobily so we're starting in the strip club tits and ass TNA oh. were bountiful in Athena's, one of Washington, D.C.'s premier adult nightclubs. When he'd walked in, the two bouncers standing on either side of the doorway had looked him up and down. I thought they, Caprice had the two bouncers. Uh-huh. <laughs> they even frisked him to make sure he wasn't carrying a weapon. Yeah, right. Little did they know he didn't need one. He was a weapon. His cock. Um, I do appreciate that. I can see this being real and also being a made-up thing. That's like, hmm... Of all the Greek pantheon, who should we name our strip club after? I've got it. Athena. Wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's better than Art. Well, I guess not. Artemis might like to see strippers. Yeah, maybe. He consumed an entire bottle of Hennessy while sitting alone in his apartment. Hell yeah. Yikes, buddy. But because he was a shadow shifter, title case, he wasn't falling on his face drunk. Instead, he was mellow to the point of wanting to pull this physically perfect female onto his lap and give her every pent-up stroke his dick had stored for the last few months. Um, I love the idea of Hennessy being your, hey, I'm going to, like, I'm going to be at home. It's not like I'm going to be at home and I'll have, you know, a beer or two Mm -hmm. and watch TV it's, I'm going to drink Hennessy. Yeah. You might as well put some Hypnotic in there or the band 151 Rum, Pineapple Juice, and Malibu. I wish I knew more of the lyrics to that song to continue this bit that you're doing, but I just don't. Then you could Caribou get to dawn now. Oh, I'm Are sorry. Are you telling me that you're not a huge fan of Tech 9 the Kansas City rapper? I am sorry to say I'm not. Okay, good, because <laughs> that's the only song I know, so. Whew. Um, it's just, so women are exclusively referred to as females, which is fun. Um, what the hell do you, so X knows Caprice because he's best friends with her brother. And so he goes to the strip club where she's performing, where she's working. And he basically like pulls her off stage. What the hell do you think you're doing? You're a freaking shifter, an elite (laughs) breed, and you're stripping in front of horny men for money. I should paddle your ass good for this stunt. What do you think your brother would say if he saw you tonight? Like, it's just, it's it's lame. It's I, very lame. I cannot get over the word freaking. Freaking. You're a freaking shifter. Like, someone's, I'm assuming, throat is going to be around a dick within uh, Probably, 60 pages. Uh, no, actually, at this point, maybe five pages. I see. But yeah. we can't we can't drop the F bomb. Oh no, it's this it's this page. It's the next page. <laughs> it happens on the next page. Oh. Yeah. But we can't say the real F word. Hey has man. Freaking. What the crap? Caprice felt like an entree at which he seemed overly pleased. 
what? So, like, is he pleased at the fact that she feels like an entree? Or she feels like an entree that is pleasing him overly? I think the second one? All right. Well, it turns out correct English isn't always the most communicative. So we have sort of a running list with this podcast of words that we've developed an aversion to. Um, hunger is definitely already on there, but that well, got Laura, worse with this book. Laura Lee must have called AC author. Yeah. Arthur. <laughs> oh. I AC thought it was, Arthur. I thought it was asses and cocks author. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, two other words and phrases added to the list are cream and plump folds. I'm sure those three words didn't go together. Uh, they did. What? Also, cream was already on the list thanks to my freaking jungle bride. Ooh, that you got that's me. right. I forgot about that one. That was a good one. Uh, no, here's the thing that gets referenced multiple times that, especially for where I'm at in my life right now, really kind of skeezed me out. He squeezed her breasts so hard, if she were pregnant, they would leak. That's, that's... That's supposed to be sexy. That's in a sex scene. He speared his dick into her entrance, which is just awkward. I'm sorry. Can we go back to the the idea that women's breasts are best enjoyed like squeaky toys? Like, it's just like, if she were pregnant, they would leak. Like, those are two hypotheticals in there. Like, she's not. Yeah. So he's just thinking about that but why i don't know i like maybe it's because that is currently a journey that i am on of feeding my baby but like that is a completely non-sexy non-sexual thing women want their breasts in a vice yeah please like please don't squeeze them like that no thank you well now you tell me i don't need you to hand express (laughs) um yeah well, if I squeeze your boobs like that, you're going to make me go hand express, if you know what I'm oh, saying. Her, oh, I feel like I need a content warning before this episode, but this particular sentence is really gross, so I'm sorry. Her wet pussy sucking his dick like a hungry baby. What, <laughs> what is with that? No! I hate it. I hate it so much. Oh, God. It's really bad. I feel like I need to take a walk around the room after that. It's really bad. AC author. It was bad. Um, Awful content author. His his car is referred to by its full... A hungry baby. <laughs> he drove his car as fast as he would have if she were on the in an ambulance on her way to have birth. Why is everything... To have birth. Why is everything pregnancy and baby? I don't know, but that's not the last time it happened. Does he drive a Jaguar? Um, No, he no. drives a Ford F-150 SVT Raptor. That is mentioned many times, the whole thing, the whole shebang. Well, it's kind of weird to have a sex book with a guy that has a small wiener then. Hey, Mick, one of our characters, I'm going to spell her name, okay? Her name is A R Y. O L A. Ariola? I was looking away and I was like, Aaron Ariola. <laughs> Her name is Ariola. A R Y O L A. What? 
I feel confronted they by this book. They call her Aerie. <laughs> it's not really better. <laughs> but they do. She's got a face like a dinner plate. <laughs> it's got a lot of pep. Pepperoni. Oh, no. I'm so unhappy. <laughs> you want to hear another really she unfortunate... She has a lot of surprisingly, surprising hairs. Do you want... <laughs> You know, she's got a great figure, but she can be a little puffy sometimes. Are you talking about your own specifically? Okay! You didn't need to disclose that on the podcast, Susan. <laughs> Let's talk about your insecurities. Her tits were bigger than Daryl's fists and heavy as they hung from her chest like overfilled balloons. <laughs> I don't say this lightly. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I don't think the author understands what not people s- who are into boobs find attractive about boobs. Not since eggplant shaped tits. Oh, I forgot about that one. Oh, that was bad. Not since eggplant shaped tits have we missed the mark on Brett. I would prefer her tits were perfect the way you want them to be. Yeah. To this, like, they feel like a bag of sand. Uh, it's like... When uh, there's a blister on your toe and you poke at it. I I just, like, like, overfilled balloons. I know, I heard it the first time. I was hoping you were moving on to a new thing. Uh, and also, bigger than, her, bigger than his fist. Like, I, breasts come in all shapes and sizes, and frankly, I, they're all wonderful, as far as I'm concerned. But a fist is not particularly large. No. Like... I would say a fist, if it were on a woman's chest, might max out at a B. Uh-huh. Which is larger than some women have, admittedly. Mm-hmm. But it does not bear, I don't think, remarking upon in this sort of book. No, it's just kind of, it. that's what Maybe a lo- size a lot of them are. Bigger than, like, his entire hand could hold, right? Yeah, more but than a handful. fist is now, a, a, a closed fist is much smaller than, like, a handful of boob. This character gets off on making other people have sex in front of him. So that happens a couple times. Is that, is that sadistic, masochistic, voyeuristic, or just, like, all of them combined? Uh, is that cuck gold? Mostly all of, I think it's all of them combined, but mostly voyeuristic. But, like, um, the making, the word making, not just watching. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Well, the one thing's for sure, he's a cuck. Do you want to hear, um, here's just a description of a character that is being now introduced to us for the very first time. Sebastian Perry was a 34-year-old renowned bachelor, six foot one with butter-toned skin, eyes as gray as a cloudy day, and a mind as sharp as Bill Gates's. If Bill Gates were in charge of the military instead of being a computer mogul. So a weird character description. Yeah, he's a little light in the loafers. It's a, it's a weird character description. I feel like confirmed, what did he say? Renowned bachelor? Renowned bachelor. Is he gay? No, he's he's the male protagonist of the next book. Oh. He's, it's, I think it's renowned bachelor of like, he lays a lot of pipe. He I gets see. it wet. Simone Bolivar yeah. in all over here. He's always sucking and fucking. Yeah. Um, like a hungry baby. Oh! We have a baby. You can't do that. I didn't. AC author did. Um, Here's some more gross stuff. 
He palmed them both, squeezing as if he fully expected milk to shoot through the nipples and into his mouth. There is a fetish at work here. Again with that pleasure pain, his grasp was almost too tight. She was about to scream. But then there came pleasure soaring through her like a tidal wave. His hitting smack in the center of her vagina where its reaction incited a creamy release. (laughs) Yuck. Ew, 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 ew. I don't like the word cream. I find it very unpleasant. (laughs) Mick is just slack-jawed with his head resting against the computer chair like he has just given up. I think... I'm going to assume that from the fact that you have not talked about it all, the plot, though insane, is followerable than Midnight Sins. It, yes, it cannot be less followable than Midnight Sins. It, the plot but, is there's no, drug dealers and a sure, strip club and shifters. That's but, the plot. But. Uh-huh. This sex stuff is worse by it's a lot. It's very It's bad. worse than... Worse than uh, Choosers of the Slain. That he made someone orgasm so hard that she went blind. Yeah. From loss of blood flow to the optic nerve. Yeah. It, yeah, it's very bad. It's very bad, Mick. It's very bad. Um, it's also the main character, X, uh, gets a little creepy and controlling. Surprising, what? huh? There was no doubt in his mind she was standing on the other side of that door. So when he knocked once more and still received no answer, X punched in the code and waited until the lock clicked before pushing his way in. Being the one to reprogram her lock after he'd broken it had come in handy. That's exactly the way he'd planned it. Like, that's not, like, smart or caring or anything. It's just kind of creepy. One character's pet name for his wife is Gato Inferno. Ah, devil cat. <laughs> Thought that was kind of silly. Is that Portuguese or is that just straight I up I think it's just Spanish? straight announced straight up announced Spanish. I'd All be right. interested to see if it is also Portuguese. Um the wife of the shifter boss is called the first female. Mm. So that's fun. Meow. <laughs> 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 Uh, oh, hell no. She was out of her mind if she thought she was going to fight this fight with him. This is when she wants to help in, like, the battle scene at the Mm. end, and he doesn't want her to. Doesn't he know what book he's in? She's going to. And wearing no bra at that? Shit, he'd never keep his mind straight knowing that. You need to get your priorities straight if you're about to go into battle and you're going to be distracted by someone being braless. And also, ow, if you're going to need to run, put a bra on. Um, and then again, I can't explain to you enough that there's a character whose name is Ariola. I wrote it down twice. I feel like most other books tend to wear their fetish a little bit clearer, but this one doesn't know it has a fetish. It yeah. makes it grosser. But like all the weird, like lactating breast stuff, the fact that Pregnancy the main references. character is called Ariola, like well, a main character. A main character is named Ariola. Like, there's there's some weird stuff going on in here. Does this dick ever refer to as a baby's arm holding an apple? Oh, I hate that. <laughs> that you hate? I no, I hate all of it. I just became a little more numb to it. Oh, you asked me what I was making tallies of because I was making tallies. Uh, I was making tallies of the times that just our two main characters had sex. Each sex scene was a it, around a chapter long. 
Um, and there were nine of them. That's a lot. There are 31 chapters in this book. So just shy of a third of the book was sex scenes between our two main characters. That does not count the sex scenes between some of our tertiary and secondary characters. Like it narrates our non-main characters' sex scenes? Some or of them. Their- Fucking yeah. dumb. So I would Jesus. say at least a third of this book is sex scenes. So it's like the, like I get like you're writing erotica or whatever. You're like, well, I have to make it different than the other erotica I've written. So I have to have like some semblance of characters and a plot, whatever. Like, sure. You want to sell multiple books. Um, but the plot was so unnecessarily complicated for what this is. Like you didn't need to make up all of these like Portuguese influenced like words for groups of shifters. For you didn't need to make up ugh, you didn't need to make up all of these characters and stuff like you if you want to write a sex book, just write a sex book, but like this one was bad and gross and I did not like it. I hate the grossness worse than the badness. Oh hungry baby. Ugh. It's so bad. It's really bad. It's really gross. So that was Passion's Prey. Don't recommend. Um, I was thinking about what we're going to do with these books because since we bought them at Discount Books, like, we bought them. We own them. And I was thinking, like, I picked up a book for you that I'm going to make you read sometime in the future from a little free library in our neighborhood. And I was like, oh, we could just drop them off in the little free library. No. I don't want to do that with this one. I don't think Charles anyone else. Charles is getting married soon. We could just give oh, it to Charles. Oh, yeah. We could buy him a gift and then hide it inside the gift. Yeah. Like he did for us with well, we'll Obama's, America. Obama's America. Yeah, we, that we have been saving that copy of Obama's America Listen, for six years all until I'm... Charles is finally got engaged wow way to throw shade all i'm <laughs> saying is we got that book in the summer of 2016 i think it's a, an ill omen that needs to be excised from our house oh yeah and then everything will go great forever yeah, well, yeah because things have only gone bad for us in the last six years <laughs> and not for the rest of the country yeah. and um, world Anyway, that was Passion's Prey by A.C. Arthur. Not A.C. Author. It was bad and gross. And I'm sorry that you had to hear, listeners, uh, some of those nasty phrases. I'm not sorry for you. This whole thing was your idea. Oh, yeah. Um, You got me this book. Well, I have good news. Um, Switching gears mightily, my book, instead of being just a gross sex book about shifters, uh, it is a gross sex book about uh, wanting to be gangbanged instead. Oh, um, in the first chapter, we get eight names. None of them are ever described. <laughs> chapter one is about Regina, who's a cop, and she's showing up in a murder scene and is quickly beat up. The plot of this book is uh, that she ran away from her three best friends from childhood who are all foster brothers that all want to fuck her and do. And I don't know if it was in book one or previous to this book. But she had a four-way with the three of them and is running away from the fact that she liked it. And she continues to tell herself, well, I liked it. And that's scary. The rest of the book, like, (laughs) she does it every time. I skimmed so much of this book because it's the exact same conversation 80 times, which is her showing up. Then they're like, are you staying? Are you going to try to make this work? We're trying to make this work. The three of us are willing to share you. And it's not really, I suppose it's the traditional sense of the polycule uh, that we have a, a polyamorous ship captain situation here. 
uh, but that none of the men are interested in each other, except they start to get boners near the end watching the other guys have sex with her. So I guess that's better. I mean... Is this like uh, Cammy from Otherworld? Yes. This is like Cammy from Otherworld, except with way more tortured emotions because the book is not about the murder that happens and the man that's trying to oh. kill her. The oh. book is about will our polycool survive? And the question is not will our polycool survive, but will this lady gangbanged again? And the answer is yes, about two-thirds of the way through the book and then several times thereafter. How many? How many? I believe there were three four ways uh, in this book. Okay, so I had to, I had to suffer through nine. I'm not saying I'm not saying I had a worse. Um, No, I'm saying I should have gotten you a worse book. uh, By page thirty-six, there have been two descriptions with uh, two descriptions. One guy has a goatee and is bald, and she has blue eyes. One of the guys that she finds the most attractive is bald with a goatee, and he's very intense, and he also has a gold hoop earring. And I'm oh. like, what the fuck? Is he a genie? I don't know. He, I, he, just a circle beard is not my idea of dangerous sex man. <laughs> what is your um, idea? <laughs> I see it in the mirror every day. <laughs> um, she's a cop. She works for, uh, obviously, a police department. And the guy who runs the police department is just known as the chief. Ah. Uh, he is not given a name. He is just, just the chief. chief. He is the chief, said this, and the chief sat down. Uh, she is, uh, I, I mean, a little bit of a trigger warning, beaten up uh, by the, the perp at the beginning of the book. Not to an obscene amount of detail, but she is she is assaulted quite badly. Uh, and so by being uh, kind of knocked around and choked at some point, she then can't walk uh, reliably for the rest of the book. There's like mm. absolutely no carry through about why I can't. You walk, like I understand, needing to physically recover, emotionally recover, uh, maybe from but a concussion why or a trachea thing. specifically the no walking? Yeah, she needs to be like carried places and she f- gets faint and falls over a lot. And it's like, you didn't have a stroke. You got beat up. Like, yeah, weird. Very weird. Uh, the page 64, she is being washed by her boys. Uh, she is washed so four weird. more times. Naturally. Uh, she is washed first on page 64, second on uh, 194, and the first post-coitus wipe uh, is at Ugh. 223. Uh, it is only ever referred to as making love. Nobody fucks in this book. They only make love with each other. <laughs> uh, there is There are three boys, Cam, Sawyer, and Hutch. And they are Hutch. they are uh, foster brothers uh, living that originally lived with Birdie, who is also the mother figure to our character, because our main character. So the Regina. These uh, were her foster. These were her foster no, brothers. No, these were her best friends from school. Oh, they were they foster are brothers, foster with, each brothers with each other. Okay. Birdie is the mother figure because our main character Regina, her dad is the mayor of this incredibly small town. And it is shouted out how stupid it is, but he seems to think that he is somehow like a senator or something. So he's very full of himself. Uh, I was very lost about what was happening because nobody was being described. All of the friends, all of the boyfriends are the exact same. They're all the controlling bad boy that's actually good. Mm. One of the, a lot of them, are, or two of them refer to as being laid back or funny or gentle, but they're all acting really out of character. It's like, hey. That makes it really hard to keep the characters straight. If they're all acting out of character the whole book, then that's what their character is to me. The guy who 
Uh, reads it. Uh, she tries to get in her car and something explodes. It blows up a fucking tree, but it doesn't kill her. Hmm. That seems. Uh, shortly thereafter, she is gangbanged, uh, which gets us to ACAGB. Uh, all cops are gangbanged. Um, they talk to each other in paragraphs while they're screwing. Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot. Uh, page three or 295 out of almost 400 is when we get our first foursome. Uh, I don't know. I can't, I can't outdo you for, uh, for terribleness. So I'm not going to read that many quotes. Yeah. So, uh, I understand that some relationships, uh, are more angry confrontational. Like that's how you work out problems is by confronting each other and maybe getting a little bit, you know, louder. And then that's how you talk. And then it's settled after you've done that. Uh, but at one point she punches one of her men in the stomach. Oh yeah. That's just not, that's, that's maybe not a good method of conflict resolution. Yeah. Uh, there are several sex scenes that I skipped mostly through, uh, at one point, Sawyer's been holding back. He's the one with the goatee and the most dangerous, sexy, oh. animalistic one. He's been holding back. He he's has a, a goatee. That's how you know he's dangerous. He's only come in her throat. He has never actually penetrated Gross. her vagina. And so uh, she like, basically tries to seduce him or whatever. And he's like, I don't know if you can handle it. And she's like, oh, baby, I can handle it. And so he, you know, to a, a, a person who might be into this, I'm sure it was light bondage. Like he uses her underwear to like, cuff her hands or whatever. It's a light bondage. Except then he goes to get something else and she's there for several minutes. <laughs> oh no! Like just bent over the couch for several just minutes. hanging out. Yeah, hey. which I'm sure uh, if you're into, I suppose, that masochism at that point, the embarrassment might be hot in and of itself that anyone might walk in at any time. Uh, and then he comes back uh, and without speaking or asking permission begins to uh, work his way into anal sex. Uh, and so we get several mentions of the shape that her asshole is going into and recovering and being shifted and uh, spreading further and then I don't like kind that. of burning a little like bit. I don't like that at all. And it's like, hey, no, I get you. this is a fantasy book, but that that sort of thing takes some preparation. Yeah. It's not the thing you can kind of uh, just just uh, go for on a, on a whim. Uh, anyway, it turns out that the murderer was the foster, uh, the real blood brother of one of the three foster brothers that he had left behind. Uh, so he's trying to get revenge on the foster brother. He is caught with 40 pages left. Why are there 40 pages after he's caught? Another I don't know. sex scene. Two more sex scenes. Two more? Yeah, it is a two more. Uh, and then get this, they decide they're going to try to make it work. Hmm. Uh, there's very little else besides will this polyamorous ship captain be able to make it? Uh, and the answer is yes despite the number of the exact same conversation they have. They confront her, make us a promise, and she literally will just turn around and walk out of the room and go somewhere else. And then they'll be like, we can't force her, we can't push her. And then they have the same conversation 20 pages later. And so I did a lot of skimming. Uh, Probably through the sex scenes too, because they sound kind of gross. Took me uh, three hours and 50 minutes. So I could have watched Godfather 2. Uh, instead of reading this book, but I didn't, uh, I read it instead. So that was be with me. She's saying that to three men who are all saying, okay, sure. Uh, at one point she does get Eiffel towered. Uh, at another point it is, uh, a, a VA special. I don't know oh. if that's what it's called. Uh, 
there is a very honest moment of awkwardness because these guys are not necessarily into each other in any way. That at one point, uh, one of the ex- the guys who is who's left over, he is left extra, uh, is asked to touch her uh, using his hands, and he like hesitates for a second because that's where the other guy's dick is going. And I thought I was like, hey, that's pretty good. That he's like, yeah. uh, okay. I don't know how I feel uh, about that. And then you know, by the end of it, when one sees the other screwing her, then they get really horny for it. So. I guess it all works out in the end. Good for all them. works out in her end, but nobody's folds cream foldily. No one's no one's hungry. No, nobody has a hungry baby uh, pussy, so that's good. Hungry baby pussy is my <laughs> punk band. <laughs> oh no, I will never listen to it because I now have an aversion to the phrase "hungry baby." That's bad. I know. Baby. Baby needs jelly. <laughs> oh, stop it. Stop, 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 stop. No. Jelly. No. Baby needs jelly. I don't know what that is, oh, but I hate it. we got to tweet it out. It's innocuous. Only in this uh, situation is it terrible. Well. Oh, before oh, we go, new books. Nick. New books. We've got it's it. Grab bag time. She, yeah, she, Susan uh, thought of this really cool idea where she went to a book warehouse and bought a couple used books. Uh, she's down to two. So at this point, Susan, uh, much like your character in your book had to decide, do you want to be on top or bottom? Do you want the top book or the bottom book? Because you only have two left. Top book. Top book. Let me introduce you to Deadly Obsession uh, with Lori Foster on the pull quote. Lori Foster of uh, Christmas Christmas sex sex book fame. Uh, Deadly Obsession. Steel Ops now. Yeah, Steel with an extra E. April Hunt, which is, I think, duck season. Uh, or rabbit season, I can never remember. Someone is watching their every move. After a lifetime spent in and out of hospitals, glad to hear about that. Zoe Wright is tired of playing it safe. She's ready to take charge of her own life and get out of her comfort zone, starting with a new job as a CSI agent. But when her childhood crush, Knox Steel, gets pulled onto her case, Zoe needs to put her feelings for him aside or more women will die at the hands of the serial killer preying on her hometown. Former Army Ranger, the troops! Knox Steele is back in Washington, I don't know, state or D.C., to help his brothers open an elite, oh, probably his literal brothers, open an elite private security firm, blah, 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 blah. This sounds exactly like those, um, I I read a series about former FBI agents that started a private security firm. Okay, Mick, it's your turn. Money making mamas. I saw this one too. <laughs> Silk smooth. Money making mamas. Hopefully, there's only one ending to this one. Unlike murder mamas, I have to say, at least the cover is pretty great. Uh huh. It's got one overfilled bikini, at least. Taffy Douglas. <laughs> the real bitch in charge is the mama of three sexy, smart, and highly creative daughters who use their quote-unquote skills through internet video porn to make paper. China, Corinne, and Simone have a hands-off approach when it comes to men. Captain Savaho is not Taffy's... Pr- this feels racist. I don't know. This is from the same publisher as uh, Murder Mamas. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Here we go. I, right, I don't well, remember who Murder Mamas was written by, but I can tell you that it was not Silk Smooth. We will uh, 
we will be back in two weeks with Deadly Obsessed and Money Making Mamas. Money or making else mamas. the show will be abruptly canceled. Uh, my name is Mick Dickinson. You can find me on Twitter at Dickie Ma. You can find the podcast at Bibliovile. You can find us some uh, intro music and then tell us where to get it. This book has almost 400 pages. You picked it. I... There were two options. You picked okay. it. Uh, I've been Susan Dickinson and I'm at Susan J. And um, someone please recommend us some intro music. Have a good night, Matt.